Hello and welcome to Queer Media Pills, the podcast that brings queer culture to your ears one small pill at a time. My name is Mars, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm your host. Today we're talking about dubbing and the way it influences and relates to queer media. I really wanted to talk about dubbing um, because it's something I have a lot of opinions about and a personal experience that I think is quite relevant because I come from a very different culture where English-speaking countries tend to prefer subtitles for most content, that, especially what isn't animation. Like I feel like animation is a bit more allowed to be dubbed or more commonly dubbed, but everything else is subtitled. And even in animation, especially amongst fans, there are heated debates about whether a true fan could ever appreciate dubbing or whether they should always prefer um, non-dubbed, like subbed content. In Italy, that really isn't the case. Dubbing is really just the norm to the point that there is a strong um, dubbing culture and that dubbing is perceived as an art form and traditionally associated with a creative artistic process. So as an Italian person myself who studied cinema in England, this was quite a culture shock and I had to, to a degree, to change the way I saw cinema. Um, to this day, I still cannot watch Interview with a Vampire without the dubbing. Like, the original voices just feel so wrong <laughs> to me. Because my love for the film, it's one of my favorite films, it's so strongly linked with the voices and the punchlines in the specific translation, which simply do not hit as much translated. And this, of course, can start a whole conversation about whether isn't the original version a more accurate one, but, but to me, not necessarily. Like, accurate to what? The feelings I experience watching these movies are authentic, they're true, and they've been very important to my love for cinema in general. And so, much like with many other things, I do come at this with a perspective that's like a bit in the middle, in which I do appreciate the art of dubbing, and I think it can be very interesting to see how certain expressions that cannot be translated for many reasons are adopted in dubbing, but, and there's always a but in this context, especially when we talk about queerness, the problem is that so much power over an original text does also mean immediately censorship. When we talk about censorship, I feel like people often associated with totalitarian regimes, like uh, ones like the Soviet Union or the Nazis. And to a degree, that is true, like the Italian history of dubbing has such a strong relationship with that of fascism. In fact, I've done some reading about the history of dubbing prior to this podcast episode and found out that in Italy, essentially it was born from the fascist fear that people would learn a new language by watching films um, that were in another language but subtitled and so laws were implemented and the films the foreign films that did arrive to Italy had to be dubbed to so-called control the purity of the language which of course was to a degree just its own ideological stance but also a excuse to mask the fact that dubbing was also completely changing the content of uh, the films themselves sometimes and uh, sneaking in fascist regime ideologies uh, where such were sometimes not present in the original but what I want to do is to invite um, my listeners to reflect on the fact that propaganda isn't just used by dictatorships. The manipulation and censoring of media does happen everywhere to this day. And when we look at the way Italy has dubbed 
queer content even fairly recently um there is a perfect example of how censorship is alive and well and to understand how this exactly works is important to understand that there are commissions teams whose job is to decide what does and doesn't go on television and while italy has one official one called agicom there is also another group that's like parents rights activism type thing and it's called moija and this group on the surface has the goal of uh, you know protecting children which is something that really 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 waves a major red flag to anyone who has an interest in queer media because it's never think of the children as in think of the children shouldn't they grow up with uh, healthy examples of uh, queer relationships and know that they are allowed to love who they want no it's never that it's always think of the children how am i going to explain to my child that a man can love a man which is literally just say that you know but yeah this this group while not having any actual legal power over what does or doesn't go on to television has had a major social power in controlling them their complaints and their campaigns have impacted the way especially children's works are dubbed which brings me to what was my favorite cartoon in my childhood which is Cardcaptor Sakura. Now, Cardcaptor Sakura is an anime, which means it's a animation from Japan, and it's an anime aimed at girls in which the main character Sakura is a young uh I think she's 10 or something like that, but like she's a young girl who through the power of this tarot deck she found fights monsters essentially. It's a very classic setup magical girl cartoon and her best friend tomoyo in the original japanese animation is clearly in love with her same goes for other characters in the same show toya and yukito who are again in the original explicitly in love with each other now this doesn't mean there's any major explicit scene because again it is a children's show but there is romantic love acknowledged The Italian dubbing, however, made sure to replace every single mention of romantic love with words that are more associated with affection and friendship, therefore making a plausible deniability for those feelings, which little of me were still able to pick up because I was myself queer, so that kind of coding of like gal pals and best friends has always been something that even subconsciously i was aware of but to another kid maybe a more oblivious or a straight one they would have absolutely missed this relationship and honestly this gets even worse and even more censored when we look at another anime sailor moon which was majorly altered even in plot as in the through the dubbing they managed to change lines to add characters uh, because these three characters called the sailor starlights are male presenting characters which then through a magical transformation are transformed into women for the fighting scenes you know the classic magical girl transformation scene but the idea of uh, a man turning into a woman was absolutely not allowed on screen in Italian television so what the Italian adaptation did they gave each of the 
characters, a twin who was a woman. So basically, the fighting scenes were just done by different characters who were women because the ambiguity, I suppose, of having someone transform and change gender was way too much for, you know, the parents to have to explain their children, which is always quite funny to me. Um, And by funny, I mean absolutely not funny because a lot of those kids probably are queer, many probably are trans, and then they're going to have to explain their parents that, you know, you know, who's going to think of the kids? No one, no one, no one's thinking about the kids, especially not the queer kids and honestly this seems like obvious and blatant homophobia to me and I do find it very interesting how it gets defended even by queer people in Italy sometimes specifically I found this interview by Fabrizio Mazzotta which is an uh, Italian dubbing actor and director who is gay himself and in this interview he talks extensively about how he doesn't think it's always like outright homophobia but rather good faith mistakes which he blames on the local culture and on the mistake Italian television often does even in different contexts of targeting foreign programs that are originally meant for older kids to younger audiences which then leads to them having to change some of the content which isn't obviously appropriate but looking at shows like Sailor Moon and Caricaptor Sakura I generally do not believe that's the case first of all because kids can very much understand queerness and queerness isn't something inherently sexual it's not something that we should be censoring even if we're talking to toddlers for example this actor and director also goes on to highlight how even in products that are more for um, adults and targeted as such censorship in Italy still happens and we can find an example of this in the dubbing of Will and Grace for example so I really don't see how we can just blame it to a cultural mistake of uh, um, mistargeting and especially when it comes to Will and Grace I, I have never watched it in Italian so I was shocked and confused when I found out someone could could take the gay out of it like that's the main point of the show like it's bad that they did it and they shouldn't have done it but i'm also generally impressed because like how and here is how in the italian dubbing they keep taking the word gay out of sentences where it's used as an adjective and this happens mostly when talking about places so the original will say we're going to a gay bar the Italian version will just say we're going to a bar or a disco. Similarly, at points when the show says um, drag queens, the Italian translation simply puts it into princess, which I'm really not sure it makes sense at all. But that's another thing that is often alighted in a conversation about the problem with Italian censorship. The meaning of some lines is changed so deeply to result in completely nonsensical lines that get just brushed over as some joke that the audience maybe didn't comprehend. But no, it's it's actually just censorship. And this gets more and more explicit when looking at the original transcript and then the translation, when one of the characters, Jack, at some point says, you always tell me what you think of the men I date. And the Italian translation goes, you always tell me what you think of my friends. 
using a trick that we've already seen done in Cardcaptor Sakura earlier. And it only gets worse and worse the more I dug into it, because then I also found that in some contexts where they couldn't completely erase the queerness, the translation instead focuses on adding a level of judgment to it. So in a scene, Will will say to gays, you think everyone is straight, but he's gay. The Italian translation will go, you think everybody's normal, but he's gay. So the choice of using the word normal instead of uh, uh, just the translation for straight isn't one to do with linguistics. It's very much one to do with judgment of homosexuality. And whether this has to do more with the homophobia of the individual translator or more with an attempt at localizing the product so that means to adapt it so that the Italian audience will accept it as uh, as like normal, as how people talk in Italy, that doesn't really change the fact that there is an intentional ideological choice behind this uh, word, normal. This kind of alteration of the original content to add homophobia is also a very common one in Italian dubbing, with the dubbing celebrity I mentioned before bringing it up in his interview, even as he still sustains that it's all in good faith and done out of ignorance, which I'm really not sure. And also, if it's done out of ignorance, doesn't mean it's not homophobic. What he says is that often directors of the adaptation in Italian dubs will choose uh, very flamboyant and shrill voices for dubbing a gay character, even when the gay character originally doesn't have such a flamboyant and shrill voice, in order to perpetuate this stereotype of like very effeminate gay man, which really speaks to a broader cultural issue that Italian speaking culture has deeply embedded homophobia. Another great example of this and of how just deeply ingrained in the language in Italy homophobia is, is uh, a Simpsons episode in which in this episode Homer got drunk and uh, embarrasses Marge, which is classic uh, Simpsons, and to attempt to save their marriage, uh, they join to this uh, couple counseling uh, retreat. And in the original cartoon, we are shown a, a couple, Johnny and Gloria, a straight couple, who are having a very verbally violent fight. And he calls her a queen of harpies, and she replies, get away from me, you swine. In the Italian translation, after get away from me, you swine, they add an F slur, uh, a slur against the gay men with which the woman is addressing her husband. And this fully was not in the original context and was completely unnecessary. But nonetheless, they felt the need to add it. Um, which really is more interesting to me than offensive because queer people had nothing to do with that scene. Just absolutely nothing. This is a classical scene of heterosexual failure. But for some reason, they still had to go and use a homophobic slur, which is very puzzling. But yeah, this was my episode about uh, dubbing and Italian dubbing of queer media. I really hope this episode made you think a bit about language and translation and the way you approach translated media, whether it be translated in English or from English or in another language. Because translation is a powerful tool and dubbing is a powerful tool. And while I have brought up 
awful examples of how it can be used to manipulate our perception. I do generally think on its own it can be a tool of artistic expression like it is considered in Italian culture. And I will really love to hear your opinions about this. My social media is at queermediapills on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, see you next time.